the B Files. Hi guys, Ryan here. As you can tell, there's been some developments in what we've discovered, and while we sort through all that and see what's a hoax and what isn't, in the interest of my recovery and continued healing, I wanted to share a chapter from one of the more well-known Theo Sultan books. It was released under the title The Daddy Complex. That's D-A-D, an acronym of the word daddy. Um, but you might know it as its more popular title, uh, Father Crime. As always, read by the illustrious Terry DeLongpre. And in it, uh, Theo Sultan confronts uh, his various pasts as a family man and tries to find a way forward. Uh, I don't know what else to say, but tell us a story, Terry. Enjoy. Sultan lumbered into his one-bedroom, hand-built cabin deep in the Virginia wilderness and miles from that non-stop shitshow known as society. His loyal dog, Marcus, a mayonnaise white Alsatian named for the wise philosopher king Marcus Aurelius, greeted Sultan with three different beer bottles in his mouth, all domestic. Thanks, boy said Sultan, as he popped the cap with a quick In his mercenary days, Sultan was once a part of a disastrous mission to acquire rare hops from deep in the Congo for a brewer out of Portland, Oregon. There were no survivors. The cutthroat hops trade made blood diamonds look like cereal prizes. It had been domestics ever since. Besides, in his opinion, IPA stood for I pay out the ass, a joke he made to his doting pup on a near nightly basis. No sooner had Sultan tasted that first bubbly sud of liberty when Marcus returned with a bag of sunflower seeds, Sultan's favorite treat, and a mystery package that looked about as world-traveled as the dog's master. Damn time to move thought Sultan. His muscular yet insanely nimble sausage fingers undid the string binding the package's contents. The return address read M.B. Leingagen and Haverbrook. A lawyer's firm. Already Marcus had his hackles up and was instinctively barking at the slimy stench of family law that wafted out along with an eruption of legal letterhead and ancient child support letters. Sultan's grip tightened like a boa constrictor. My ex-families, they finally found me. Thumbing through the documents, Sultan used knowledge from his lawyering days. Hey, everybody makes mistakes. To decipher the meaning of the hate mail he'd just received. His ex-children were suing him for unpaid child support, plain and simple. Like the past vomiting into Sultan's heretofore sparkling clean toilet of a mind, it all came flooding back, bitter carrot chunk memories and all. 
Sultan's history as an ex-family man three times over had returned to haunt him. He had started and lost three separate families, been a father and husband three separate times. There was Linda, Baby James, and Little Susie all swept out to sea during a Disney cruise through the Bermuda Triangle. Margot, the nurse, and their triplets, a handful at times, sure, but not deserving of the fate they all suffered, kidnapped by Indonesian smugglers and sold into the underground circus. At least that was the rumor. Sultan lit a cigar, inhaled the thick, smoky freedom, and ashed into the ashtray his dog helpfully brought over in his mouth. Ah, yes, no wife to complain about his cigars. Not like Denise, mother of Tucker, little Wanda and the third kid, what's-his-face, the wimp with asthma. Sultan simply forgot to pick them up from the shopping mall on Christmas Eve and had been out of the picture ever since. C'est la vie. No, that life wasn't for him and he wasn't regretful at all. He didn't mind things like eating his Boston Market dinners alone over the running garbage disposal. He didn't mind falling asleep in his recliner with cigars in his mouth like last night. Guess his ex-families had finally resurfaced, two at least, and were pissed at dear old dad. Hell of a birthday gift. If he didn't appear in court in three weeks' time, Sultan faced incarceration. As far as he was concerned, though, the only court in the land Sultan now recognized was the basketball court found in America's inner cities. With a swig, Sultan tossed the forms, picked up the latest issue of 9-11 magazine, brought over by Marcus, and flipped on the radio he had built from technology waste left on the Appalachian Trail. Lost phones, misplaced earbuds, dumps wrapped in tinfoil, as far as Sultan was concerned, the internet age had done nothing but turn nature into a wasteland of wires and dumps wrapped in tinfoil. He tuned his radio to his favorite blues program that featured the songs of yesteryear, of a time when good men were lucky enough not to deal with cultural abominations like free soda refills or something called an emoji, did not have to deal with child support. Yes, sir. Old Sackhead Sunday Sampler was like listening to the past. Tinny voices and crackling percussion spilled out of the speaker and set Sultan at ease. Marcus reappeared with a set of Sultan's favorite musical spoons in his mouth. A gift from a little boy in Afghanistan. They were gnarled and misshapen, much like Sultan himself, but still brought him great joy. He often used them to play along with whatever musical prophets were speaking the truth on old sack heads. A tap-a-dap-a-tap, and a kickity-clack-a-clack, he started on his handsome thighs. Not now, later. The warning he'd received earlier that day from the mestizo gentleman he'd battled in the bounce house, how something dark was coming his way, did not sit right with Theo. Could the tiny criminal see something Theo couldn't? On the subject of criminals, Sultan couldn't help but think about what made such sinister slugs slither unawares in the threadbare brazier of lady civilization. Was it bad parenting? Was it absentee fathers? Like Sultan's own deadbeat dad who had... No. Best not to remember. Best to forget the pain, Sultan thought 
as he now found himself downing his twelfth domestic beer, motorcycling shirtless through the local graveyard, to his own dad's final resting place. Stone odes to long-forgotten Civil War soldiers streaked by. Mere boys surrendered to that earthy foe in ragged blues and grays alike. Their souls too weak to leave the haunted ground, strong only enough to barely lift tattered worm-eaten uniforms like swaying kelp in an inky black ocean. Further up, dead people from the 1990s were also buried. Wind whipped through Sultan's dirty blonde hair as his Harley Davidson FX Superglide Cruiser with aqua-colored bulletproof side compartments smashed apart headstones willy-nilly. If he knew soldiers like he thought he did, the old boys down in the cold, cold ground appreciated this explosive action to break up the monotony of the beyond. He revved the throttle in their honor. Up ahead, a leaning headstone about as tall as Sultan himself slanted away in his path like a launch ramp. He gassed it. Seconds later, in his best evil Knievel impression, Sultan and his hog were airborne, caressed by the Virginia air. In this moment, he was a million miles away from the threats of unpaid child support. He shut his eyes, for in this moment, he was free. When he opened them, the gnarled shape of an outstretched hand reached for Sultan's throat. It was a tree branch, and in a split-second reaction, Sultan head-butted the plant to smithereens. He landed with a skid, and all the appropriate physical occurrences that a man his size and a bike that weight would result in, and then put some desert juice into the turn to complete a full 360-degree rotation on the nearby burial plots. He had arrived at his father's grave. Chapter 11 Seven-year-old Theodore frowned. His parents argued in the parking lot of Ace's Meat Plains. Happy children skipped out of the building's hangar-style doors, tummies fat and lips shiny with airplane meat. They talked of ham rudders and sausage fuselages. His mommy accused his daddy of being a deadbeat. They were making a scene. Daddy wanted to poke his head in the restaurant across the street. The one shaped like a Mexican cantina. The one named Cabo Wabo Cantina. The one owned by ex-Van Halen lead singer Sammy Hagar. Mommy knew the real reason why Daddy wanted to go inside the large palapa structure. Her husband was looking for him, for the man that ruined Daddy's life. A story is a beautiful... Thing. It's a dangerous thing. And we are all governed by our own beginnings and middles and ends. And each of those have beginnings and middles and ends. And those have beginnings and middles and ends. And like a fractal of experience and time going away. 
and creating an importance or attention to the events in the most basic sense. When each of those periods starts and keeps going is up to interpretation, but you figure after a little bit, each section kind of gets a baked in generality to it that can then be summed up into descriptive traits. Like one was selfish, mostly, then turned a little better and selfless, kind of. One was ignorant, kind of, and then became aware, mostly. That kind of thing. That's the hope, at least. That's the hope. 